Hello and welcome to the First Attempt Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz, here in Bloomington, Indiana, and it's time for another preview episode of the First Attempt Podcast. This time, again, not in person. It's another virtual episode of the First and Ten, but this time we're getting it out a day in advance, give you a little bit more time to digest our thoughts on these games before your big college football weekend. And we're excited for a full conference slate. It's that time of year, folks. Joining me to talk all things Big Ten football once again, as always, it's my co-host, Reed Murray in Columbus, Ohio, on the campus of the Ohio State University. Reed, what's going on? Hey, Patrick. Super excited to be on this podcast. Um, I think I think we got we got a great slate of football out of conference. I think the in-conference in slate is decent. Not quite what it was last week, but hey, still lots of good football to be watching on Saturday and some good football to be discussing on Thursday. Yeah, football is life, football is death, but football is most importantly football in the fame words of Danny Rojas on the great show Ted Lasso and football's football this week good or bad otherwise we've got football and that's something worth getting excited about all by itself and there's a lot of stuff to watch for across college football this week and particularly in the Big Ten I think there are a few notable things so my first thing in our first segment here what to watch for my what to watch for number one Kinnick Voodoo we all know it. It's a thing. Maybe it's more of a thing when we don't acknowledge it, when we let it just kind of linger and uh, be a background to, to any game. But it's a thing. There is something spooky about going to that place and playing as an away team. You never know what's going to happen in Kinnick Stadium. And I really think that maybe, maybe Iowa is outmatched in every single facet, but I don't want to count them out of this game because of that one fact so maybe maybe not maybe it's a thing maybe it isn't feels like a thing to me and I think it's worth noting well I mean and you say maybe it's it's better to not note note it I think now it's become so well known that it's impossible not to talk about Kinnick anytime Iowa plays a good team at home um it's 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 become so well known and I actually learned today that Michigan is winless in its last four trips to Kinnick Man, I knew that Michigan had lost there in That's 2016. I did not know it was four four away trips in a row to Kinnick that Michigan had lost to Iowa. So, I mean, Iowa has Michigan's number at least when it's at home. So, maybe maybe uh, you're right on that, and maybe the Kinnick magic will strike again. It struck last season against Purdue, um, or no, actually that was it was the other way around. Purdue was the spoiler makers against Iowa. Excuse me, um, but generally it has struck. It struck against uh, the team who plays at the campus on which I reside. Um, Kinnick magic is real. I am going to spoil a little bit of my pick ahead, but uh, I don't think it strikes this year, but it definitely is something worth watching for on the big 10 slate for this. week. It certainly evens the odds a lot more than they would be otherwise. I agree. Um, Going into my, what to watch for, I'm going to say this week, we have a test of where the Wisconsin Badgers are. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin's playing home against Illinois. And I think this year we've kind of gotten a mixed bag of results from, from Wisconsin. Wisconsin has won some, some games and blowouts against bad teams. They, they lost at home to a Washington state team that you and I both thought was pretty bad, but now maybe after they nearly beat Oregon, maybe Washington state is actually pretty good after all. And, you know, a blowout loss at Ohio State um, in a night game, that's it's hard to conclude something from because I think a lot of teams would, would get blown up by Ohio State, uh, especially in a blackout game where the crowd is super into it and it's, you know, first Big, t- Big Ten game of the season. I don't think we can conclude too much about that game either. 
I think this Illinois game should give us a better picture of what the Wisconsin football team is this season because I think they should, if they are a good team, win against Illinois comfortably. And it's something they've done before. You know, in the 2020 season, Wisconsin was not exactly the most um, terrific football team, and they absolutely destroyed Illinois. And I think Illinois has improved since then, but I don't think they've improved too much. And I think the Illinois test is one that shows if you struggle with Illinois, I think even if Wisconsin wins a close one, um, you know, I, I think a close win against Illinois or a loss against Illinois would tell us, okay, Wisconsin is just not that good this year. But I think if Wisconsin can win by a few scores, then I think that might tell us, you know, Wisconsin's kind of, they're, they're decent. Um, but I, I still don't think Wisconsin is going to win the Big Ten West. I think that's uh, a little bit of a reach for them. But, um, you know, I think this week should tell us whether that is even a possibility. Because I think if Wisconsin loses this game or if it's close, Wisconsin has no shot of winning the West. I'm with you on that. This is do or die for Wisconsin. I think it's do or die for Michigan state as well. If they want to be able to get their season back on track, they at least have to show up against Maryland. And I think that's easier said than done because I think Maryland's a much more talented football team than Michigan state. I think for both of those teams, this is, this is almost a, a win or go home kind of week. Maybe not win exclusively for Michigan state, but they're in that same ballpark of if they don't show up and have a good week Saturday, I think they're in trouble for the rest of the season. And, and I think those are both absolutely things worth watching for. All right. So that's our what to watch for a little taste of what you'll see in the big 10 this weekend. Now let's get into our uniform matchups of the week. Reed, what's your pick? I'm going with Michigan at Iowa game. You just talked about um, at a game. We're going to talk about more on this show later on. I think this game, I'm not sure what uniform Michigan's going to roll out, whether it is, I mean, obviously it's going to be a white Jersey, whether they have the maze pants, blue pants or white pants they did wear um, may socks last week too for the first time yeah I, I'll, I'll briefly touch on that i think the may socks looked awful i think with that michigan home uniform you have to wear blue socks the may it just makes it look like they're all wearing long pants or, or, or if they're wearing leggings or something it just looks weird um and i think i think they ought to wear uh blue socks to counter the maze pants but I, I actually, I also don't know. Maybe it's the first time the whole team wore May socks, but I swear I've seen Michigan wear May socks before. Um, I think I recall them wearing them against Penn State, but I could be well, completely the, the radio up. broadcast I listened to, which was the Michigan radio network in the car ride from Columbus to Cincinnati last week, said so they'd never worn them before. Well, yeah, that's why maybe maybe it was because I, I want to say I've seen maybe Cade McNamara. Or maybe they never McCarthy. wore maybe they never worn them at home. Was what they said? I forget. Yeah, I I think what I think I, maybe I've they had worn them at Penn State. I, I've definitely I'm seen forgetting a it, yeah. Michigan player wear those socks, but I think it could have been the first time the whole team did. But regardless, um, I think this matchup is well. The kind team of, has to wear the same socks. That's part of the rules, but not important. Well, but but it could have been okay. Maybe a player could have been in a photo shoot or something, but I, I'm pretty sure they have worn them for one. But game. Some, maybe it was the first time at home. Doesn't matter. We're talking about right. socks. This is not the first in sock. It's not important. Um, not important. Move on. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think this game being my uniform matchup of the week is less about the exact uniform in the field and kind of more what it symbolizes or kind of, I guess, the nostalgia you get from seeing Michigan play Iowa at the road. These are, this is you know, especially the 2016 game, this is a, uh, you know, that was a, a huge moment in, in Iowa football, um, you know, take, to take down that um, undefeated Michigan team who was, I want to say, a top five team in the country. Um, it's the Iowa home uniforms always look great. Um, you know, that Iowa Steelers black and gold look, it's it's iconic. Um, and I think Michigan, you know, with the, with the iconic helmet, I think this is just a, a just a uniform matchup you love to see. 
And, you know, I, I don't think there are any alternates in this game. And I will also say I'll be disappointed if Michigan wears the blue pants because I still stand by that. Just it's just it, that's not what Michigan football is to me. I think it looks ridiculous when they wear those. But um, I think, you know, if both teams just wear the traditional uniforms we're used to, this will be a terrific uniform matchup. Penn State Northwestern's my pick. I'm not going to dwell on it. I just think both the uniform sets are good. That's it. Penn State's a classic. Northwestern's are a, a new spin on, on what's been a pretty solid uniform set for a number of years now. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, moving on from that, Sicko's game of the week. I think it's got to be Indiana and Nebraska. Read you're with me on this one. Yeah. Um, weird, weird game. A night So game. weird. I think the, the most important thing we have to talk about here is a lot of beef between these two teams, and I think it all kind of stems from the Nebraska side. A lot of bitterness over there towards the Hoosiers. 2019, I think a lot of us remember the reported comments of Scott Frost asking to play, quote-unquote, schools like Indiana more often and then losing to them at home, 38-31 in Lincoln. And then just yesterday, uh, there was a tweet from a Nebraska radio show, which I actually kind of helped make go viral, not to humble brag. I know, big whoop, right? Uh <laughs> That uh, there was a former assistant coach of Nebraska who, number one, I think it's worth mentioning, has a very checkered history off the field. I'm not going to get into it, but he he is not uh, the kind of guy who should be making sweeping statements off a of, uh, based on who is a clown and who isn't a clown, because I think he's got no room to talk. He called Tom Allen a clown because he likes to run out onto the field. Doesn't every coach do that? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 kind of gives me shades of Baker Mayfield complaining about Ohio State singing Carmen Ohio on the field, even though Ohio State does that everywhere, win or lose. It's kind of one of those things. It's Every like, school sings. What, what are you complaining yeah. about? What, what are you complaining? Everybody does it. What, what, what are you doing here? Um, but, um, and and no, I think just with that, I think Nebraska has this sort of superiority thing going, and uh, and I don't get it. But uh, no, they uh, they have been all over the headlines for that. It's, it's been a big deal. It seems like they're very bitter about this. And uh, the line from that coach, that former Nebraska coach, I should add, is uh, they can't lose this game. And I agree they can't lose this game. He thinks it would just be the most embarrassing thing ever. But uh, I think Nebraska has embarrassed itself enough over the past 10 years since they joined the conference. So I, I don't know what difference a home loss to Indiana makes. They already lost to Georgia Southern. They already lost to Northwestern. I don't think this is much worse than any of those. So I don't know. I, I don't think this is a very good game of football, but I think there is potential for it to be chippy. And I think there is beef. And I think Connor Bazelak could throw for about 400 yards. Yeah. I think in this one, what kind of comes to my mind with the fact that Indiana and Nebraska seem to be beefing with each other, um, you know, like they did in 2019 with those frost comments. And now, it kind of reminds me of those memes. You know, if you've been on Twitter, you've seen the uh, they're having a mid off uh, joke or the um, the battle of mid. I've recently seen that uh, one in, in Twitter replies. It kind of makes me think of that because it's it's just kind of odd. These two teams that are not really well, I guess Indiana's had a winning season so far. But, you know, Indiana coming off of two and ten, Nebraska having one of the worst seasons of program history, kind of jarring at one another. And, and uh, you know, both se- both teams seem pretty riled <laughs> up. It's just kind of funny to look at it from an outside perspective of like. You know, odds are neither of you are going to a bowl game. I, I I apologize for saying that, Patrick. That Indiana is not. In my, don't say that in my presence. 
Right. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, <laughs> odds are, in in my opinion, neither of these teams are bowling. It's kind of funny to see this beef, but that's definitely Sicko's game of the week for me. What a sad state of affairs for Nebraska that they're they're getting their kicks by getting mad online with Indiana football fans. Hey, you gotta you gotta uh, no, no publicity is bad publicity, I suppose. So you have to uh, you gotta get yourself gotta get those clicks, and uh, maybe maybe that'll help them turn things around. I can I I, I can't say it well, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that that is that for that. All right, game of the week and scores. Let's get into it. The good stuff. Michigan Iowa was our game of the week. We talked about Kinnick Voodoo, Kinnick Magic, all that good stuff. But really, it feels like on paper, Michigan is just a much better, more complete, more talented, better coached football team in every facet of the game than Iowa. I would be pretty surprised to see Iowa win it. I think if this game's in Ann Arbor, I'd give Michigan no chance or very little chance to lose it. But I leave the door open just because it's on the road and Michigan struggled in that building. I wouldn't call it an impossible win for Iowa, but I would say it would be a miraculous win for Iowa. I think Michigan wins this one handily, though. Yeah, I've got Michigan in this one, and I saw a video earlier today from our good friend Joel Klatt, um, who we met over the summer. Great guy. And I, I have actually – I'll say about Joel Klatt. Recently, Fox Sports, CFB on Fox and Instagram has been posting a lot of videos from Joe, Joel Klatt's show of him talking about rankings – um, you know, playoff expansion, conferences, teams in general. You know, he had a video about how Kansas should be ranked and how Kansas is better than Pitt. I love these Joel Klatt videos. And I think the Joel Klatt show, if you're a college football fan, he he speaks to a lot of, he, he kind of, a, a lot of what he says is kind of like, that's what I've been saying. He says, he kind of says, I think what what is on a lot of people's minds. Um, but this particular video I wasn't a fan of. He was talking about how how Iowa has a real good shot of upsetting Michigan and how Michigan is, um, you know, he, basically his whole the whole crux of what he was saying is the Iowa defense is still great despite their offensive woes this season, and the Iowa defense has I want to say ignore he, the bad offense though, right? Right. I, I think he I think he he described the Iowa defense as having a doctorate degree in forcing turnovers, um, which is absolutely true. They, they've done a great job of that so far this season. Um, and I could absolutely see J.J. McCarthy getting flustered by this Iowa defense, making a few uh, mental mistakes that that cost this team a little bit, especially considering some of his mistakes he made last season. However, I think th- these are going to be nothing more than bumps in the road for Michigan uh, at Iowa. I think maybe, you know, through a quarter or two, Michigan struggles. But I think Michigan is just a much better football team. And I will say Iowa has looked much more impressive in the last two weeks um, than in the first two weeks of the season. So I will give Iowa credit. They're, they're trending in a better direction. I think Michigan is still a much, much better team this season. And I think, especially when you look at what Blake Corum did last week, I think Michigan should be able to do what they need to do on offense. Um, and I will also say that that Maryland near loss, I think that will really light a fire under Michigan. And I think Michigan is going to come out with a much different approach. I think they're going to come out of the gates much stronger against Iowa. I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to give my score prediction right now. I'm, I'm saying Michigan 31, Iowa 17. Again, I think Iowa, I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means. Um, but I, I will not say that it's going to be a low scoring game where Michigan just gets by, by the hair on their chinny chin chin. I think Michigan still looks a much stronger side in this game. I've got 35, 21 Michigan. I see it pretty similarly to you. Yeah. All right. Not, not much else to add there for me. So uh, moving on from that, that's a nooner on Fox, big noon kickoff. It's 
the second of three consecutive big noon kickoffs for Michigan. They were obviously big noon kickoff last week at Maryland or home against Maryland. Pardon me. Then they're at Iowa this week, big noon kickoff on Fox. And next week they're at Indiana on big noon kickoff. It's a whole lot of Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt for Michigan fans. And uh, that's definitely a good thing in my book. If I were a Michigan fan, I'd be very happy with that. So a lot of, a lot of good stuff there, but moving on in the noon slate, we've got another big 10 West matchup here. The 21st ranked Minnesota Golden Gophers, who me and Reed are higher on than everybody else. Gophers at home against Purdue Boilermakers. Purdue team that struggled through four games and is two and two, but very well could have been one and three had FAU ran anything resembling a competent play on their two-point conversion attempt. But they didn't, and Purdue won the game. That's football, right? Minnesota should take care of this one pretty handily, I think. You know, if this game were a year or two ago, I would have said, oh, everybody's going to score a bunch of points. These two teams have had some entertaining battles over the years. I don't see Purdue scoring a ton here, though, especially if Aiden O'Connell's a game-time decision. We don't know if he will or won't play. Offense just isn't the same without him on the field. He's that much of a difference maker. I'm going to assume Aiden O'Connell doesn't play, but even if he does, I can't. you can't be sure that he's at 100%. So it's, it's not fair to, to think, okay, the Purdue offense is the Purdue offense without Aiden O'Connell because it's just not. And Minnesota last week kind of had their way with whatever they wanted all, all night long against Michigan State. So, yeah, there's, there's no doubt in my mind about Minnesota here. I'm going to take the Golden Gophers at home, and, and I'll do it 37-20. to 20. Yeah, I think this one, um, you're going to have a lot of people now that Minnesota's ranked saying, oh, spoiler maker, spoiler maker's going to get him. I think especially last week, the utter dominance Minnesota showed gives me much more confidence that they will handle business against Purdue because I, I don't think there's – too much of a difference between the Michigan State defense and the Purdue defense. And like you said, with O'Connell being a game-time decision, that really makes things much more bleak for Purdue. I think Minnesota handles this one. I'm going to say 38-20 Gophers. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they're the better team, just flat out. And the better team wins most of the time. Sometimes it doesn't. That's why you keep coming back to the sport. But exactly. I, I really do think they're just a flat-out, straight-up better team, especially if Aiden O'Connell's on the field. So also in the noon slate, another Big Ten West game. Illinois, Wisconsin in Madison. We talked about this as really do or die for the Badgers. And Reed, I think they do. I'm going to say Wisconsin, low scoring, still leaves a lot of question marks. 17 to 14, Badgers. I would, I would, I would argue that result would be a die for Wisconsin. Um, but I don't think I'm Illinois a- is bad. I, I'm not sold on Illinois. Um, I'm saying this week, I'm going to say Wisconsin does. I'm going to say Wisconsin 31, Illinois 13. And I think Wisconsin kind of establishes itself as a favorite to go seven and five this year and go to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. <laughs> Hopefully they can keep the trophy intact this time. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Get into the 330 slate. Rutgers, Ohio State, and Columbus. Reed, you'll be live in person for this one. Do yeah. We have, the, the, do we have to say it? Ohio State by a lot. I'll say 52 to 10. Yeah, I'll say 63-17 Ohio State. I think, once again, this will be an instance of Ohio State giving up garbage points. Um, and honestly, that 17, could I, I could bump that up to 24 or even 28 because Ohio State kind of has tended to do this in these types of games. But I think Ohio State will absolutely control this game. Yeah, I'm with you there. Speaking of games that should be pretty much no doubters, Northwestern at Penn State. I don't know any reason why you turn this on the 3.30 slate. This is just not a game. I can't believe this got the main ESPN channel. Maybe just because Penn State's good for viewership, but uh, this won't be a game. I'll take Penn State 41 to 
17. 17 is generous. I'm going Nittany Lions 38-3. I think Northwestern is just a horrendous football team, and I don't think they must Maybe I'm too kind. Make that, make that 17 to 10. If I was being nice. I think I'm too nice. 17 to 10? No, eight, no make, turn my 17 to a 10. Oh, okay. 41 was, to 10. I was saying, hang Four, on now. 41 to 10. No, not 17 <laughs> to 10. Although, to be fair, I will say, last season, Penn State went to nine overtimes in Illinois and lost. That so. did happen. Yeah, we had a whole episode titled Non-Tuple Overtime. I had to look up what the word, what the numerical term for nine times, and it was non-tuple. I, I had to look that up, so... uh if that happens again, it would be very funny. Yeah, I guess we can never be so sure about Penn State at home against uh, low, low-tier low Big Ten West teams. but From the state of Illinois, nonetheless. Yeah, so We move on. Yeah, moving on. 3.30 slate still. Michigan State and Maryland in College Park. Again, I, I think this is make or break for Michigan State, but I, I think this is less of a question. For, for Maryland, I, I think Maryland's going to be fine. Although we, we do have to keep in mind the calendar turns to October 1st. There's a chance that the bottom completely falls out from Maryland. I'm just going to get this on tape just in case it happens. I'm not going to pick it, but I'm getting it on tape just in case it happens. It's entirely possible Maryland collapses, falls apart, looks horrible, and the, the September Maryland trend lives to see another year. So uh, I'm not going to say that happens this time around, though. Give me Maryland 31, Michigan State 14. I'm kind of on the same uh, wavelength as you here. I have it being a little bit more high scoring. I'm going Terps 42, Spartans 28. I like it, Reed. All right, final game. The nightcap, Big Ten Network, Indiana at Nebraska. Come on. You really think I'm going to pick against the Hoosiers here? I don't think so, no. I'm going to be nice too. I'm going to I'm going to be really nice about it. 38-31 Indiana. I'm going to say the exact same score line as the last time the Hoosiers went to Lincoln. They claimed their 6th win of the season in October of 2019. They were 6 and 2, the 6 and 2 Hoosiers. People forget. Stevie Scott ran over DiCaprio Boodle and then did the the skull and bones celebration and put the Huskers to sleep. It was pretty sick, you have to say. And uh, and the Black Shirts just could not stop Peyton Ramsey or Stevie Scott that day. I think it's the same thing again. Uh, I, I think Indiana goes up two scores late, but uh, Nebraska, you know, Casey Thompson gets a touchdown there in the fourth quarter or something, and uh, Nebraska's had a chance to tie it up, but Hoosiers hold on. Because Indiana has to make every game interesting. And, and I think Indiana will be trailing at halftime, too, for what it's worth. I, I'm, I'm going to make a weird, really specific prediction right now that – Indiana is going to trail at halftime of every game of the season, but still win six games. I'm going to say in this one, in typical 2022 Indiana Hoosiers fashion, they play uh, badly in the first half and just they generally play worse than they should against terrible opposition. I think the Hoosiers still find a way to win. 27-20 Indiana is my pick. I like it, Reed. I really do. And uh, a 4-1 Indiana team next week hosting Michigan on big noon kickoff. A four and one Indiana team that is going to get beaten in ways they can't even imagine by Michigan. I'm putting that on tape right now. Michigan is going to destroy Indiana, and and you know, probably I love Indiana, and you know I love Ohio State, uh, so it doesn't make me happy to say that. Um, but you're probably to- right. I'm not. I'm not going to say either way. I need to see what happens this Saturday before I make up my mind on anything else the rest of the season. But 
uh, a four and one start for Indiana would certainly be something to write home for about. And hey, for Nebraska, this is a chance for, I think this interim coaching staff for a lot of them to make their case to stick around for the next guy, whether it's this week or anytime the rest of the season, getting another win or two in there definitely can, can help solidify your case with the current players who will stick around for the next coaching staff and to the next coaching staff in general that you're, you're worth keeping around. So it's not like Nebraska has got nothing to play for without Scott Frost. I, th- I think their coaching staff and I think their players are still motivated but it's weird. There's a vacancy. It's it's not a normal situation. They don't have coordinators. They don't have a head coach. It's a very weird situation, and it's very tough for me to pick them to win a conference game when they just are simply a husk of a team, pardon the pun. <laughs> There's no way that pun was unintended. It was and wasn't. It came into my head, and then I decided I had to say it. There you go. It was a good one. <laughs> I liked it. All right. A uh, couple things rounding out the show here. All conference games this week. So the, the score predictions went by a lot quicker than usual. We don't have to give 14 games. We can just give seven, which definitely makes our lives a little bit easier. But Reed, we've got one non-conference game we're going to preview this week. Not preview, but just give a score prediction for Baylor and Oklahoma State. Two of the Big 12s, big contenders. Two of the Big 12s teams that seems like every year get into a high shooting, highfalutin scoring battle whenever they take the field together. And it feels like this is going to be another one of those Baylor, Oklahoma state. I'm really excited for this one, Reed. And uh, I'm going to have to pick the Oklahoma state Cowboys to win this one. 45, 42. This is going to be a barn burner. Yeah. You know, repeat of the big 12 championship from last season. You know, I love big 12 football and I always have, I love the style of ball they play. This one should be exciting. Um, I don't, I, I'm going to go Oklahoma state in this one. I'm still not completely sold on Oklahoma state, despite me having them at number five in my rankings. Um, but I'm less sold on Baylor considering you know, the loss to BYU and then BYU got destroyed by Oregon. And who knows how good Oregon actually is a little bit more of a question mark. This Baylor team, I'm going to Oklahoma state 41, 34 should be a great one. And let me double check. Is this one, is this a night game or is this three 30? Oh, it is ah, three 30 slot. This is Stupid. the problem. All the great games this week are at the same time as Ohio State Rutgers. So I'm going to have to make sure my phone is charged and I hope <laughs> that the stadium Wi-Fi works so I can be checking these scores and turning some games on the, the annoying part about that is all the good games are in the 330 slot, and yet they still found a way to put Penn State and Northwestern on the main ESPN channel. Yeah, and that's, you know, I've actually had terrible luck so far this season and that a lot of the good games have been at the same time as the OSU game. Uh, in particularly Alabama, Texas game. We were, we were struggling to get that game on our phones um, during Ohio state, Arkansas state. Um, so hopefully the stadium Wi-Fi. it's been on and off for me this year. Hopefully this week it'll be on um, and fully working so that we can keep an eye on this Baylor Oklahoma state game and some of the big 10 games going on as well. Absolutely right. It's going to be a big fun weekend of college football. This is one of the first weekends in forever. I'm not going to have to be in a stadium and one of two all season. I'm not going to have to be in a stadium. So nice to, to have a little bit of a breather, sit on my couch, watch some games, crack open a ice cold Mountain Dew and stay up until the wee hours of the morning, watching games, writing stories and all in all having a good time because that's what college football is all about at the end of the day. And uh, I certainly can't wait, Reed. I know you can't wait either. It's going to be a fun Saturday, full of college football, a couple games on Sunday too. 
uh, due to the hurricane. There's Thursday game two due to the hurricane. So uh, we're certainly sending our best to everybody in, in the southeastern part of the country as that national natural disaster uh, loom, looms large over the sport. Certainly has a lot of roots in, in that part of the country. So we're, we're definitely giving them our best and uh, we're excited for the Saturday games that lie ahead. So Reed, nothing else from you? Nothing else. Nothing else. All right. For Reed Murray, I'm Patrick Feltz here on the First and Ten Podcast. So long, and we'll see you next week. Bye.